You're listening to the teaching of Calvary Paris. For more information, go to www.calvaryparis.com. Let's flip over to Philippians chapter 3. Let me give you guys a quick disclaimer today. I'm not Justin Golden. But you couldn't tell. Justin came down sick yesterday. He doesn't have COVID, so don't worry. But he did nonetheless come down sick and called me yesterday afternoon and, and warned me. He said, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to need you to teach. I said, oh, no. So with that, it's, it's a disclaimer. Today is going to be a little bumpy. It's not going to be as polished as we normally like it. But I think there can be some pretty good stuff um, in here for us today. So let's pray, and then we're going to jump into God's Word. So, Lord, we thank you. We, we, uh, we genuinely just thank you for being who you are in our lives. God, I just pray today that our hearts would be um, open to you. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be uh, inclined to let you work. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be hardened to you. I pray that church wouldn't be a box this morning because it's a new year. I pray that it wouldn't be a resolution, uh, but that we would be genuinely interested in, in growing and learning more about you and pursuing this life uh, that you've called us to as Christians, Lord, or if we're not a Christian today, Lord, be interested in, in uh, just who you are and the qualities of your character that we get whenever we become a Christian and, and the mercies and the grace and, and salvation and, you know, just uh, that relationship that we get to have with you, Lord. So, God, I pray that just uh, the a whole broad spectrum of today, of whoever may be here, Lord, that we would just be opened, uh, open-hearted to you, just raw and, and natural, authentic, you know, not trying to put on a, a facade or a face towards anybody else, Lord, because opinions of people don't matter if yours isn't at the front of our hearts, Lord. So, God, I just pray uh, that we would just be vulnerable today. Lord, we love you, Lord. Uh, help us to love you more in Jesus' name. We all set? Amen. All right, so like I said, today it's going to be a wild ride. So pull up your boots, you know, hold on to your britches, all those sayings that mean get ready. <clears throat> We're going to jump into Philippians chapter 3, and I'm going to read. Finally, my brethren... Or brethren, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Uh, for me to write the same thing to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of mutilators. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Have no confidence in the flesh, through, though also I might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. I think that's a great statement right there. Paul, he's like, don't have any confidence in the flesh, but if you do, I'm better. <laughs> Y'all didn't think that was funny? I thought that was funny. Okay. We'll try this next one. <laughs> Uh, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Blameless. All right, so we're, we're into 2021. Yeah, this is the third day of 2021. But what always starts at the beginning of a new year? Say louder. Resolutions. You guys on this side here? She said resolutions. Resolutions. New Year resolutions. Now, there's multiple like outlooks on resolutions. I personally find New, Year, New Year's, I can't talk right, New Year's resolutions to be corny. Well, until this year. <laughs> I did one. I'm doing one. It's going to last, too. Started a diet. <laughs> But New Year's resolutions, they're always like, there's some people are like gung-ho on New Year's resolutions, and some people are just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Why would I start something that I'm going to quit in a couple of days? Uh, but this year we started a diet, my wife and I, and I've, uh, I've lost seven pounds in three days. You, you know, doctors out there are probably like, that's not healthy. I'm wondering, a little lightheaded today, but I'm going to keep the diet going. <laughs> but anyways... 
New Year's resolutions. But so the theme that I have for this message today, uh, we're going to call it eternal resolution, the eternal resolution. Now, I'm going to recap on when I said it's not going to be as polished as it normally is because I learned yesterday evening that I was teaching today and then I got like two hours of sleep. Um, So there's another topic also. We'll see if we get to this one. We'll see if we just mingle them. We'll find out as we go. Uh, But it's going to be called past, present, future. Past, present, and future. So we have, um, what was the first one? Just make sure you guys are listening. Eternal resolutions. Eternal resolutions and then past, present, and future. So what I want to look here at first is most of the time resolutions are made out of a, a personal goal, right? Goal, right? You know, they're made to better yourself. That's what resolutions are all about. Like this is the beginning of the new year, 2020, and all of its nonsense is behind us. I ain't going to look back at it. And 2021 is coming. I'm going to make it a lot better for myself. I'm going to make 2021 a lot better. Personal resolutions, they all have this selfish motive behind them, which is not bad, okay? A lot of times when you say selfish, people are like, oh, that's bad. No, it's not bad. It's not bad at all, but it can be, and that's what we're going to look at right here initially. So Paul right here starts. He says, finally, my brothers, we're going to skim through that. He says, rejoice. Now, the book of Philippians is all about rejoicing and also about Jesus Christ, which is what our life should be about. But he says, rejoice and then beware of evil things that are trying to take us away. It's trying to distract us. But then he comes into this notion. He says, if anybody has the ability to boast, now it becomes individual. And if, if anybody has the ability to boast in the flesh, like if you think you're accomplished, if your resolutions are pushing you towards this accomplishment and you're building your flesh up, he says, that's where we need to be careful. That's where we need to be careful. And we see that as he says, hey, though I also, or sorry, it's going to be choppy. That's what you guys know. He says, though I also may have confidence in the flesh, uh, if anyone else thinks he might have confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. Or, or is that before then? Who worship God in spirit rejoice. And have no confidence in the flesh. Sorry, sorry. That's going to happen a couple of times. Just want you to know. He says, have no confidence in the flesh. Have no confidence in the flesh. But then right after that, he lists out this massive list of accomplishments. And then he talks about how he's better than us. <laughs> so this is, pretty, this is pretty interesting. Because what I want us to know is that accomplishments aren't bad. I, you know, started January 1st on a diet. You know, 2020 wasn't good for my gut. It just wasn't. I sat on the couch most of the time where I normally played soccer or something like that, but everything was shut down. You know, there was some stipulations, some issues put on us that, you know, caused workout to be a little bit harder. You know, so goals aren't bad and there's aspirations in our life that aren't bad. But what Paul is saying here, he said, don't have confidence in those things. Don't have confidence in those things anymore because at the end of the day, it's not going to be what you need it to be. It's not going to be what's most beneficial for you. It's not going to be awesome. So don't have confidence in that. So then we're going to continue on in verse 7. He said, but what things were gained to me? These I have counted loss for Christ. What things were gained to me? These I have counted loss for Christ. I indeed also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. All right, now remember, Philippians is mostly about Jesus. Now this is Paul saying accomplishments are great, but yet accomplishments don't define you. Because at the end of the day, accomplishments disappear. But what thing never disappears or who never disappears is Christ Jesus. So all the accomplishments that we might have or all the goals that we might be making at the end of the day They're not going to be what is actually making you accomplished. And whenever we move into 2021, resolutions, you know, being in the air, being an idea of, hey, I'm going to make myself something. What I want us to focus on today is the eternal resolution of what you said you were going to become or what you're being right now as a believer in Christ. Because that's our ultimate goal and our ultimate focus as a human Walking in a Christian 
way, walking in Christianity. Our goal is the eternal resolution that we made whenever we became a Christian. And that eternal resolution has really ultimately nothing to do with the accomplishments of worldly things, but the accomplishments that come as you pursue Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. And that's why Paul now is able to say, if you think you're awesome, I'm better. Let me, let me tell you why. And he lays out this huge list to the Jews would really be like, he's way better. And they're like, man, I wish I could be like that. That's good stuff. This dude's pretty accomplished. You know, they'd be like, wow, man, this dude's good. And then, then he comes in and he turns around and he flips and he says, but you know what, man, none of that stuff, none of that stuff is as awesome as Jesus Christ. And that brings me to my first point. He says, main point. You can write this down if you want, but it's a mouthful. Following Jesus is literally better than anything else you can do ever. I'm a youth pastor, guys. <laughs> Following Jesus is literally better than anything else you can do. It's literally better than anything else you can do. And sometimes that literally part is literally hard for us to wrap our minds around because we're in the now. We're in the present. Accomplishments are pretty important. Distractions are pretty shiny. But at the end of the day, Jesus Christ is the only thing remaining. The only, hopefully 2020 was a wake-up call. Because I feel like the Lord is trying to use 2020 as a wake-up call to his people to show us that our accomplishments aren't earthly. They're spiritual. And maybe a lot of us aren't very accomplished. Or you might be super accomplished. Um, that's up for you to decide with the Lord. <laughs> but Paul is telling us right now, and he's lining this out for us. And it's just so important for us to know because I think we live in a time to where it's really easy to be asleep. Like I said, 2020, I basically slept. I was forced to stay in my house. And I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a people person. Could you tell? What's it, what's it called? It's a introvert? No, no. That's what I'm not. I'm extrovert. Probably about 90, you know, about 110% extrovert. But we see this because and then, he, and then he lays out something that I think is really, really cool. He says, I, yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for the excellence of the knowledge, for the excellence of the knowledge. Now, I think, you know, personal, personal aspirations, like they try to lead us to be better. And, you know, one of the things that the world really high, holds in high esteem is knowledge, right? It really holds knowledge in high esteem. And now Paul is saying anything that you could expect to be awesome in the world. I mean, he was, he was Sanhedrin. He was the highest of the Jewish council. Jewish council in the religious leader. He was the cream of the crop, so to say. And now this very man who laid all of that aside is saying, everything that I've accomplished, everything that I ever did, all the resolutions, all the goals that I had, whenever I became a Christian, didn't matter anymore. They didn't matter one bit. It was all gone. But as intellectual as I am, as intellectual as I was, it's out the window for the excellence of fully knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Every bit of my accomplishments, everything that I've done, all the things that I aspire to, this business I've built, this person I am, this facade that I put on every morning that nobody knows who I really am, it's all gone. But Jesus Christ, he's not gone. And he never will be. He never will be. So with everything that I just said, it is absolutely logical for you to drop everything and start pursuing Jesus especially if you're declaring to have faith in him. 100% logical. Now, today is meant to be encouraging, so don't let that cut you down. But it is. Whenever, I think it was Romans, somewhere in Romans, Paul said, hey man, it's a reasonable service to let you be a living sacrifice. It's reasonable. After everything that I've just said, it is 100% reasonable for us as believers to say, all of my accomplishments aren't in my actions. They're not in in who I am, not in what I've created for me, but it's in who I'm doing it for because we're supposed to be doing all things for the glory of God. So everything that I am, without God, I am nothing. 
But with God, anything that I am, I am something. Does that make sense to you? You could be the lowest person on the earth, but with Jesus Christ, you're the greatest. Just like Lazarus, or I think that's his name, is the rich, rich man and the beggar at the temple. You know, the rich man, when he died, he went to Abraham's bosom and he saw the beggar who was in heaven. And he's like, Lord, let me be there. And God is like, no, you had your chance, buddy. But now this dude who's a beggar, who has nothing because he had faith in me, now he's going to be in eternity with me forever. And I'm going to make him something. And that opportunity for us to be created into something started as soon as that eternal resolution started in your life. I'm going to tell you guys a backstory of my, my life, my history. I didn't plan on doing this in first service, but it worked. So I'm going to try it in second service. When I was nine years old, I gave my life to the Lord. Had absolutely no idea what it meant, but I knew it was real. 100%. I was at preteen camp somewhere out in the woods. I was like, Lord, you talking to me? Oh. All right. And then I started bawling because I'm sensitive. Um, but I gave my life to the Lord at nine years old. Nine years old, I gave my life to the Lord. But then from nine to 19, I lived like rubbish. But what's funny is because all of that garbage that I was living in was actually me trying to pursue personal accomplishments. We don't think about it that way. But our history and all of our failures, most of the time that's personal accomplishments or an attempt at a personal accomplishment. That's what it is. So I spent... 10 years screwing my life up trying to become something. <laughs> Think about that. Spent nine years screwing up my life trying to become something. And at 19 years old, I was faced with the question. The Lord, he spoke to me this clear day. He's like, hey, Micah, you're, you're, you're my child. Do you want to start living like it? I was like, I looked at my past. Yep. <laughs> sure do. <laughs> Let's do it. Because all that stuff behind me, all my attempts, all my past failures, which I thought was going to be successful, even some of my success, successes, none of that amounted to that voice that I heard from Jesus Christ. When he said, hey, 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 you're mine. Act like it. You're mine. Act like it. Hold on. I forgot to start my timer. I know it's totally inappropriate, but you guys are getting natural mic it today. Let's go for 30 minutes. <laughs> but everything that I thought that I wanted to be disappeared. And this is where we get into the past, present, future. Past, present, future. We've already mingled on past a little bit, but the past is my accomplishments and things that I aspire to be. And... One of those was I, was, I was a welder at one point. Um, I was, you know, I worked in welder. At one point, I was like the only aluminum welder in town. And, you know, I just traveled all over the place and welded aluminum. I thought that was pretty cool. But I was going, uh, I was talking to my pipe instructor dude, and he was telling me, he's like, hey, you need to go try, um, you, need, you need to go try drafting. I was like, okay, okay, well. Hold on, I'm getting ahead of myself. In my aspirations, a lot of the things that I wanted to be, I was, one of the things I wanted to be was an architect. I thought, I was like, man, you know what? I need to be something, architect, banking. That's awesome. That'd be great. But then I started to do some research, and I realized that it was out of my league. I don't know. It was out of my league. So I was like, next best thing, engineer. No offense. If you're an engineer, architect, no, no offense. It's over somebody's head, I'm sure. But I was like, that'll be awesome. But then I started researching that. I was like, man, you know what? I don't. I don't know if I want to do that either. And then I was like, I'm going to do the Army. I'm going to do the Army. Army, there's pretty awesome benefits. And even today, I still have an aspiration. Like, there's a part of me that wants to join the National Guard. I think that would be great. You know, there's a part of me that, that wants to join the National Guard. But uh, so I was looking at all these things in my life, and I was trying to create uh, who I thought I wanted to be. And that's important, who I thought I wanted to be. Uh, and then all these things that I was pursuing, they kept starting to fall out. And this was in that period of 9 to 19, in that time to where I was trying to be my own self, knowing what Jesus was telling me to do, but ignoring it completely, still trying to create something out of my own inabilities to create something out of my life. Now, this is me. Now, sometimes there, 
Sometimes, you know, great things are created, but we get lost in those great things and we not, don't become ourselves in the achievements that we have. But that wasn't me. So going back to my story. That was a rabbit trail. But I was trying to create something in my life and it wasn't until 19 years old that the Lord was like, hey, are you done trying? Are you done trying to be so awesome? Are you done? I said, yes, Lord, because I'm realizing I'm not very awesome. He said, good, good. And then this is where this craziest journey started to happen to me. The craziest journey started to happen to me. My instructor, I was going through the pipe welding class at PJC, and my instructor came up to me, and he looked at me in the eyes. He said, you need to be in this class, this other class. I was like, all right. Sure, I'll give it a shot. So he set it all up for me and sent me over there. He sent me over there. And this is me like in the process of coming back to, to my faith and saying, Lord, what do you actually want from me? Things that I'm doing are falling apart. And now this ball started to pick up and things started to become in motion. My instructor came to me. He sent me randomly to this class. I said, okay, well, this class was drafting engineering. Drafting engineering, which in some ways is kind of the best of both worlds because it's like architect and engineering in a more affordable package. You know, so I thought, man, this is pretty cool. Okay, yeah, I'll do this. I'll do this. So I moved out in that. I moved out. And then this is where my present started. My present. So we had my past, which was me trying to accomplish things on my own. And then we moved into the present, which is me surrendering my life to the Lord, letting God take the reins of my life and doing whatever he wants me to do. My ambitions, my personal aspirations, they went from me pursuing what I wanted to me pursuing what God wanted me to do. And whenever we say this eternal resolution, I feel like today is our ability to say, hey, or is our time to say, hey, today my aspirations go from maybe what things that I wanted to the things that the Lord wants for me instead. Today I'm going to start pursuing you, Jesus, instead of the things that I'm trying to pursue and find fulfillment in. Because like Paul is saying right here, it doesn't matter what your achievements are. They're not fulfilling. Earthly achievements are not fulfilling. They're not at all. There's this, I think his name was Richard Dawkins. He was uh, the greatest aspiring atheist at the end of his life. I think that was his name. I'm not sure. But he got cancer. And at the end of his life, he was like, it's almost like there's this God-shaped hole in everybody. I'm just like, you're so smart. <laughs> you nailed it. You have a God-shaped hole. You've just been rejecting him all the time in the name of your achievements, of your personal aspirations. He's missed the entire mark. He's missed the entire mark. And now Paul was also like that. Paul was also like that in his past. I was like that in my past. You were probably like that in your past. We see that, but our present has started as a believer. Our present has started, and that started, that present started the day you became a believer. That's when present started. And we see this with Paul, and I find this list really interesting because there's a lot of achievements, and then there's one failure, in my opinion. There's one failure, in my opinion. He lists out a whole bunch of achievements. He's like, this is what I did, this is what I did, this is what I did. But then he talks about when he lost himself. I was a Pharisee. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, failure. Persecuting, persecuting the church. I find that really interesting. And I'm backtracking to that because I also want to lay down for us that no amount of failure in your past should be dictating your present actions for your future ending. None. None. Paul himself was killing us. He was killing us, holding the coats for people as they were stoning Christians. And he was doing it all in the name of his achievements, his goals. He was doing it all out of his own personal glory because he wanted to be something. But he was killing people. He was killing people. But then he stepped into his present. And boy, did he step into his present. Because now he's not even acknowledging anything. That was behind him. It's not to say that some of the things didn't change. But he's not acknowledging, acknowledging them as being beneficial to who he is now. And that's what we need to remember. I think that's what we need to grasp as we come from 2020, which was like a ripple in time. 
and we move into the present, which is like January 3rd, literally is the present, January 3rd, but 2021 and our salvation, and we move into the future. Mind you, there's two themes. One is eternal resolution. And I just want you to know, eternity has no time frame. Doesn't. And you went from past into present. Should be more central. Past, present, eternal. Right now we're in presence, but we're also in the eternal. You guys, are you with me? Because we've stepped into this relationship with the eternal creator, the eternal savior of our lives, of our souls, the redirector of our character. We've stepped into a relationship with him and are being refined by him in this present state of where we are. So all the things that were behind in the past, they're gone. But now we're standing with the Lord and he's waiting for us to do things that affect our eternity. That's where I come to wherever my points are. I don't know where they are. Pick up right here, point two. Faith is a verb. Faith, faith is a verb. You may not believe me, but I'm going to ask you a question. All right, let's say, um, let's say we're all in a ballroom, okay? We're all wearing nice clothes. We're dancing. You're dancing with your spouse. And I walk in, and my wife's over there, and I just walk in. I'm like, what's up? All right, you're going to look at me and you be like, I see counseling in the future. I see some counseling. Like, that's what you do. That would be normal. All right? That would be normal. If I walked in, I just cold-shouldered my wife. You're going to be like, wow. <laughs> that's, that's rough. Or if, you know, like I continually told her, it's like, hey, hey, I love you. Go do the dishes. If I continually tell her that I love her, but there's no proof, would she believe me? No, she wouldn't believe me. She wouldn't believe me. All right, so I had a counseling appointment yesterday, and it was really God-ordained. It was, it was one of those times where, um, like, letting the Lord use me now for whatever you wants really, like, shows. And it's one of those times where it's faith growing because I wasn't supposed to have a counseling appointment yesterday. I just bumped into somebody, and I felt like I should talk to him. I was like, okay, I need to talk to this person. Uh, I was in the middle of trying to study my four different themes because I had no idea what to talk about today. Uh, and this guy came in. I was like, you know what? None of that matters because this dude, this guy right here, like I just I feel like the Lord's telling me to listen. And he was talking to me, and he was telling me about how um, he's wanting to do better in his life. He's wanting to pursue things more in his life. He's wanting to come to church. He's wanting to just be there for his family. But yet, this is not the first conversation that I've had with him about this specific topic. You know, it's, there's been a couple of times where I've had this conversation. So I felt like I should ask him this section right here in James. I flipped over my Bible. And I said, this is James 2.14. I said, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith and, but does not have works? I said, can faith save him? So then I asked him a question. It was real theological. Y'all ready? It was, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, did it make a sound? I want to know what the answer is. I think it does. I think it does make a sound. But it's the same concept. If faith doesn't have works, is it faith? Is it faith? Now, James goes on. He says, if a brother or sister is naked and uh, destitute or of daily food and one of you say to him, eh, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them anything uh, which, or the things which are needed for the body. Uh, what does it profit? What does it profit? Let's also, uh, faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. It is dead. Faith without works, is, it's dead. So therefore, we come to our point too that faith is a verb. 
Faith is a verb. And what that means is this present time that we're in does not need to be stagnant. This present time doesn't need to be stagnant. As much motion as you had in the past trying to benefit yourself, you need to have as much or more motion in the present trying to benefit not yourself, but those around you for the glory of Jesus. I mean, it's really crazy to me how much trouble we got into at the pursuit of personal glory in the back end of the past. And how much trouble we even get into now in the pursuit of personal glory. How many people will cut down? How many people will slander? It's crazy. Just like Paul trying to accomplish something but killing people at the name of his own zeal, his own passion. It's crazy. It's even crazier to think that most of the time to live with others gently actually creates something. Like it's the opposite of humanity. Like, people are just evil. They are. They're evil. Like, sorry. <laughs> but we are. I, I myself included. I wake up in the morning. I don't think about anybody but me. Most of the times I'm like, wife, make me breakfast. I'm evil. And I'm open. I need Jesus. 100%. But I don't want my past to maintain or to be the process by which I'm living in my present. You know, I don't want that because once I stepped into eternity, when I stepped into my eternal resolution, I now want Jesus Christ to be the front of my focus so that when I'm dealing with others, they're not seeing me. They're not seeing me. They're seeing Christ being lived out in me, which is gentle and kind. It's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those things that the flesh doesn't have, all those things that when we're trying to build the flesh, we wrestle with daily and then wonder why we're falling apart, all of those things that are constant battle, they're only found in Jesus. They're only found in Jesus. In my devotions a couple days ago, it was actually struck by the fact that spiritual love is a spiritual gift. Love is a spiritual gift. Now you're probably like, oh, come on, really, Michael, you're just figuring that out? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm just figuring that out because I can't love properly on my own. I can't do it. I need Jesus, and I need Jesus' spirit to fill me up daily so that I can actually walk according to this life that he's called me to. I need him desperately. You need him desperately. We do. Back to my, my historical account of Micah Bedford. All of these aspirations, they were there and then they fell apart. And I said, all right, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want. Spent years trying to make myself something and just fell apart. And now I'm at the end of myself. And the Lord's like, all right, time to get to work. It's time to get to work. So, started. I wanted to go to the army, met my wife, got married. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Thank you, Lord, for setting this up. I cannot even explain to you how ordained it was, how God inspired my marriage is. I cannot. It is crazy. Ask her. She tells the story better, but it's insane. It's a crazy story. I'm not even going to try to tell it because I'll get it wrong. And, you know, she'll give me a mean look or something. She's too nice to be mean. Uh, but I got married. But then it's crazy because I got married. I had aspirations. I had a resolution. I wanted to make myself better. I had a firm decision to pursue this. I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to instead aspire to pursue you. And then I got married, and then we moved to Denton, and I got a job at water engineering. Denton Water Engineering. I was like, okay. Wow, this is crazy. Yeah, I'll take the position. I was a water engineering tech. I worked with the engineers right off the bat. I was like, okay, cool. Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to pursue you even if it doesn't make sense. I'm going to pursue you. This makes pretty good sense, though. This is what I wanted to do, and now you're moving me here, and they're giving me the ability to migrate up. So I'm like, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. But then a good buddy of mine approached me and said, hey, um, we're, we're being called to Colorado to start a church, and we feel like you should come. I said, no, I just started. No, not at all. 
Well, then a series of events came, and I started to think. I was like, wow, Lord, are you tugging on my heart to go? Started reading. Pulled out God's word because I needed direction, because I knew and I aspired to everything I do is going to be pursuing Jesus, whether it was worldly awesome or not. I didn't care. Pursuing Jesus is better than any achievement. So I said, I'm going to pursue Jesus. So then he said, go. I was like, oh, great. It was, it was hilarious. I was reading 2 Samuel somewhere, and Paul was about to attack another group of people, and he was, he was praying to the Lord, and it was so fitting. It's like the Lord just orchestrating this in my life. He said, Paul, or uh, David, David was saying, he said, Lord, do I go attack these people? And he's like, yeah, you go. I read that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to Colorado. <laughs> I got no job up there, but I'm going. I was like, all right. So in my mind, I started thinking, I was like, oh, reality. Hmm. Well, I take that back because following Jesus Christ is more reality than your reality. So, uh, but I started thinking, I was like, man, uh, practicality. We'll use that word. So you think, I was like, man, practical steps towards this. First one. Well, I just got married about a year ago. Uh, what do I tell my wife? Started reading. The very next line was David speaking to the Lord, what do I tell my men? And, and it was like, go attack the people. I'm with you. I'm like, I'm moving to Colorado. This is awesome. I love the mountains. So that was Sunday. Walked in. <laughs> it was so funny. I walked in and uh, I think his name was like Gary or something like that. My supervisor. He sat me down. He was like, well, it's, uh, you've been here about three months. It's, or a year and three months. It's time to give you a, uh, your annual raise. It's uh, three cents. <laughs> I said, Gary, that's great. I'm putting in my two weeks. <laughs> oh, I loved his look on my face. He's like, he's like, really? I was like, yeah. And you're not going to understand why, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I said, Gary, I'm going up to Colorado to plant a church. I know you're not going to understand, but there's nothing Nothing more important than pursuing what God is telling me to do. Nothing more important than walking in faith, walking out this reality of Christianity in my life. There's nothing more important. One of my other coworkers is like, he's not doing it. I was like, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm out of here. Two weeks, I was gone. But the story keeps going. It gets better because we moved to Colorado cold turkey. We had like a couple of dollars, gas money to get up there, <laughs> you know, in the first month's rent. But it's, just, I mean, it really does keep getting crazier. I'm telling you, pursuing the Lord is the best thing you'll ever do for your life. You won't expect it, but it'll be the best thing you'll ever do for your life. I don't care how good your life is now, how good you think it is. If you're not pursuing the Lord, it's bad. We'll stick with that. But we started, we moved up to Colorado and we printed out 10 resumes we got loaded in. It was like a Saturday. We got loaded in Saturday and Sunday. Monday morning, printed out 10 resumes. They were pretty skimpy, you know, just trying to get started. But we printed out 10 of them because we we're like, dude, we're going to need a bunch. We might need to print more. And so we went to the first place. Uh, it was a place called Nationwide Fabrication. They needed a drafter engineer. Interesting. So I wasn't doing that. I just randomly went to this class. But now this position in Colorado needs one. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. Why not? Walk into that place, give them my resume, and they say, okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, well, we'll put you through a test. I sit down, I do this little test on the computer, and then I leave. Didn't think anything of it. I was like, well, they printing those resumes was long. Uh, it was a hard process. Let's go get some food. So we went and grabbed some food and started looking at TVs like all young people, no money, and buy a TV. <laughs> at Best Buy. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense, but we did it. I'm still working. Um, but... We're walking through Best Buy looking at these TVs we couldn't afford, and I got a phone call. His name was Mike. Something. His name was Mike. He said, Mr. Bedford, we'd like to offer you the position. <laughs> I had been in Colorado one day, really. One day. We got there Saturday night. We were there Sunday. This was Monday morning. I had been in Colorado one day. That's crazy. So I'm praising the Lord. And, what, and the greatest part about this is before we went in, I just took Courtney's hand. I was like, let's pray. Uh, it was a prayer something like this. I was like, all right, Lord, uh, we're putting feet to you know, this faith that you've given us. We're going in to this. And whatever happens, you're still king. This is where I start crying. I'm prepared this time. <laughs> happens to me. I'm a big softy. I think I'm sucking them up. <laughs> 
Because the story keeps getting better. It gets so much better. I became a drafting engineer for kitchen equipment. And I say, you're like, really? Kitchen equipment? I'm talking like $100,000 counters for kitchens. Imagine that. And it was probably the most rigorous job I've ever worked on. But it's crazy because I'm following the Lord. And as I'm pursuing the Lord, he's creating in me the aspirations that I had before. But the difference is that's not my focus right now. I don't care about those. It's not about my aspirations. It's not about my, my achievements. It's not about that. It's about me pursuing the Lord and watching him work in my life. That's what it's about. See, some of us get it mixed up. We say, I am only as good as my achievements. And no, no, that's not true. If you're a Christian, you're good because he made you good. Your achievements don't matter. They're just there. I talked to so many youth kids that are like, what do I do after I graduate? I said, you follow the Lord. That's all that you need to do. It doesn't matter what you actually do. As long as you're pursuing Jesus Christ and you're living according to his will, your life's going to be great. Whether you're rich or poor, it's going to be awesome. Because at eternity's door, achievements on earth don't matter. And Paul understood this. The big shot, he understood this. He said, nothing matters compared to the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, because that changed my life. The things that I was doing before, it's rubbish. It's rubbish. So us, moving into a new year, maybe the things of 2020 are rubbish. We don't need to bring them with us. I'm pretty sure nobody wants to bring them with us. But downer, I'm going to be a Debbie Downer, 2021 is not going to be different. It's still another year. Life just keeps going. The world is just horrible. That's why Jesus said, hey, live in the world, but don't be a part of it because it's not cool. It's not going to fulfill you. It's not going to make you happy. You're not going to like it. But it keeps going. The story keeps going because I started this position, you know, just trying to pursue the Lord uh, because that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. And then he took me to another opportunity. I was like, okay, all right, Lord, this is another opportunity. I've worked here for about a year and a half now um, um, because I'm an extrovert. I, I like to jump jobs, I guess. That's what my wife tells me. But I took uh, an opportunity, a stab at a shot to be an electrical design engineer, which I had no qualifications for, at a place called RES America. And they do wind farms, solar farms, and energy storage units. Absolutely no, but I felt, or no qualifications, but I felt a tugging. I was like, all right, Lord, I think... I think the ministry that I've had here has pretty much come to an end. What do you have for me next? He opened this opportunity. So I applied for it. I didn't hear anything. And then about three weeks later, they called me in for five interviews. Five interviews. It was the longest interviewing process I've ever been to. Five of them. But then Gopal Padmanabena, no joke. That's his name. Gopal Padmanabena, phenomenal dude. Awesome guy. Uh, he, he called me up and he said, hey, we want to offer you the position. I was like, no way, no way. Thank you, Lord. I went from like aspiring to be something to not being able to do anything to being an electrical design engineer on $500 million projects. Imagine that. That's crazy. But it has nothing to do with me. And I still don't care. It's cool sounding, but I don't care. Because at the end of the day, it's just a job. But what I have is a life. And I want it to matter. I want it to be focused on what is important. And that comes back again into my other topic, because I got two going right now. Comes back to my other topic, which is eternal resolution. The start of my eternal resolution was the end of my worldly expansion or my worldly gain and profit. That's when it ended. But now that that ended and I'm stepping into the present, the Lord's doing things in my life. And I don't care. It sounds cool. But at the end of the day, it's still Jesus. And I give him all the credit for it. Just like you need to do in your life. Everything that you have in your life, you might think that you achieved it, but yet God is the one holding you in his hand. I'm going to remind us, we're not that awesome. We're not. We're not that awesome. I get angry in the mornings. I do. I just do. I know I'm working on that. But now I'm working in this position and I'm like, dude, this is the coolest position ever. I was talking to a guy on a, uh, what are those things? Cell phone. I know. It was, I didn't sleep last night at all. 
But I was talking to this guy on the phone. He was working on a turbine. He was up in the top. He's like, look, dude, you need to look at this design. I was like, I'm telling you, it's not wrong. He's like, no, it's wrong. It's like, I gotta look. So I was looking at it. He's like, so what's it like there at the, uh, he called it the, uh, what, what is it called, man? This would happen. Brain fart. Resort, not in the resort, the country club. The country club. He's like, what's it like in the country club? Because I worked in Broomfield. It's on the end of an airport. Very, very nice area. Uh, I was like, dude, get over yourself. It's not the country club. Looked out the window in a Lamborghini and Ferrari. I was like, yeah, it's country club. All right. Oh, it's pretty good today. How's it like out there? <laughs> it's so funny. It's funny. But yet, at the end of the day, guess what happened? Where are we at now? Calvary Chapel. We're at Calvary Chapel now. Because at the end of the day, RES America is nothing. It's nothing. It's just a job. And no job is more important than following the Lord. It doesn't matter. No job is more important than following the Lord. And the job that you have right now, if you think it's horrible, can be awesome if you're following the Lord. I just want to throw that in there. But <laughs> this is where, this was a hard one for me. The Lord, he, I was reading and he was telling me and we were you know, trying to buy this house and uh, no joke, four contracts, one a week in a month fell out. Four. Buying market was insane up there. Uh, so I was, we're trying to buy a house and that made us start to question. We're like, all right, Lord, you're doing something again. What are you doing? So I started to read, I think it was like Proverbs 2 or something. He's like, I'm going to give you the land of your inheritance. The spirit came over me and was like, no. I don't want to leave the country club. But he confirmed it. He did. He's like, no, you're leaving. Good luck living on the streets. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> so I walked in another Monday morning. I walked in, because everything happens on the weekend. <laughs> so, I walked in, uh, Gopal, Padman. <laughs> he called me into his office. He said, Micah, today's a good day for you. I was like, oh gosh, it's a bad day for you. <laughs> Sat me down in his massive office. He's like, we've been dabbling in these, you know, energy storage units, and we want to make you head of the department. I said, put in my two weeks notice. <laughs> I can't believe the shock on the dude's face. He looked at me, and this is my response again, and you're not going to understand why. You're not going to understand why. He's like, what is it? I was like, my God is telling me to move back home. He looked at me, he's like, I don't understand, but I don't think I can convince you. I said, no, you can't. He said it. I'm going. So I moved back home, and I no joke cried a little bit. I sat on the couch for about four hours, actually, not a little bit. I bawled because I was like, dang, talk about a career. I'm sure that's kind of how Paul felt when he was introduced into the Sadducees. He's like, dude, talk about a career. This is where it's at. But yet, stepping into eternity removed the importance of all the earthly careers because they're legitimately nothing. And it's hard for us to take. It is hard for us to take to realize that our careers are genuinely nothing. Nobody likes to hear that. Well, I'm a 32-year-old architect or a 32-year veteran architect. Okay. Well, uh, is your retirement going to heaven with you? <laughs> like, it really, like, they're good. They're good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're bad. They're good. Be accomplished. Pursue things, but don't get lost in your accomplishments because that's when they become bad. It's not where we need to be. We need to be pursuing the Lord. We're going to end with hope is alive and well in First Peter 1 three through five. It says this, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an in inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, 
reserved in heaven for you who are kept in the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Ready to be revealed in the last time. Blessed is the Lord of our salvation who is a living hope for us to walk with. There's a lot of in Christ, but right here we get to say that we get to walk with Christ in our life. He has made it able, or he's made us capable to actually live our life with him. And that's when lives change for the better. You know, change can be scary, but maybe we're sitting here today and we need change for the better. Maybe the Lord's been tugging on your heart and he's saying, hey, it's Careers are not most important. Family, relationship with the Lord, the people that you're around. This is where the light of Jesus Christ is shown. And in trying to build somebody or trying to build yourself up, if you're cutting other people down, that's not where you need to be. Building other people up for the sake of yourself is where we need to be. It's the opposite of what we want, but it's necessary. So we'll end today with that. 2020 was crazy, but 2021 can be different. 2021 should be different because we went from past, past to trying to be ourselves, to present where eternal firm decision, resolution started, continuing in the presence with Christ as our Savior and our Lord, Lord of our life. Remember, faith is empty if it's just a word. Faith is a verb when Lord of your life, Jesus is Lord of your life. Living like that onto eternity, which is our hope. It's our hope. Let's let 2021, our resolution is Calvary Chapel goers to be faith is a verb. I don't think that's a resolution. It doesn't need to be labeled more like, let's make faith a verb, something like that. I don't faith is a verb. Let's walk in it. Let's walk in Christ because seriously, if you're not doing it, you're missing out. Let's pray.